if a religion is true, it sets you free to be your true self. It nurtures loving kindness and generosity in your heart. It humbles you before the ultimate and before your neighbor. If a religion is true, it challenges your conscience and opens your mind. It makes you responsible for yourself and your world. It stirs you to seek liberation and well-being of others. If a religion is true, it deepens your awareness and nourishes your spirit. It brings you comfort and strength in times of grief and trial. It connects you to other people and to the life of the very universe. If a religion is true, it will care less for dogma and doctrine than it will for love. It will care less for rules and customs than it will for compassion. It will care less for the gods we make than the people we are. So as we gather together in community this morning, may ours be a true religion. These opening words by Cliff Reed welcome all those who are gathered here on Zoom this morning to take part in our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to friends and visitors who are with us today, also to anyone who might be listening via the podcast or watching on YouTube later on. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name's Jane Blackall. I've been part of this church for 22 years and I'm ministry coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. If anyone's with us for the first time today, you're especially welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Hope you find something of what you need this morning in this gathering. Please do hang around afterwards for a chat or drop me an email if you'd like. Or you might try coming along to one of our other small group gatherings during the week. It's a better way to get to know us on a more personal level. If you're a regular, thanks for all you do to welcome all those who come, because we've all got a part to play in co-creating this beloved community, this sacred space that we share. Feel free to do what you need to do to be comfortable. It's fine to have your camera off. It's lovely to see your faces too, but we want you to be comfortable. And there will be opportunities to join in as we go, but there's no compulsion. It's just an invitation. This morning's service is part two of two linked Sundays on how to be a Unitarian. And to recap, we ran a six part course on this subject, which concluded in March, and it brought together lots of our own congregation members with other Unitarians from far and wide to think deeply on what it really means to be a Unitarian. We talked about Unitarian history, theology, values, about the nuts and bolts of this particular congregation and how the wider denomination is organised and about how each of us might be personally transformed by our commitment to this faith by doing the necessary work to build our own theology to deepen our spiritual practice and to engage in that sort of social justice work that makes the world better. I invited course participants to share their reflections on these matters in Sunday worship so that they'd reach a wider audience. And last week we heard from Charlotte and Patricia, do catch up on YouTube if you missed it. And this week we'll be hearing from Lizzie Kingston Harrison, the Congregational Connections Lead from our General Assembly organisation and our very own Rachel Hills, with a particular focus on commitment and what it means how the practice of give and take within religious community is essential and beneficial to us all. Before we go any further though, I'm gonna light our chalice as I do each time we gather. It's a simple ritual that connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive historic religious tradition of which this gathering is part.
as we light this chalice, we rekindle the fire of commitment to nurture and share our beloved faith, to reflect, deepen and embody our shared values, to proclaim the good news that all are worthy and all are welcome, that God is love and none shall be left behind. May we each carry this flame to all we encounter, letting our lives shine with its glow. Let's take all those joys and concerns that we hold in our hearts and let's take them into a time of shared prayer and reflection. You might want to adjust your position to get comfortable. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze, maybe focus on the candle flame. Perhaps there's a posture that helps you feel more prayerful. Whatever helps you to get in the right state of body and mind for us to pray together now to be fully present in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and with that which is both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is. We tune in to your holy presence, the light within and without. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and stillness at the centre of our being. As we gather this morning in this sacred space, we co-create we embody the yearning of all people to touch each other more deeply, to hear each other more keenly, to see each other's joys and sorrows as our own and know that we are not alone. Out of our yearning, we have come to this beloved religious community. May we help each other to proclaim the possibilities we see to create the community we most desire, to worship what is worthy in our lives, to teach the truth as we know it, and to serve with justice in all the ways that we can. To the end, our yearning is assuaged and our lives fulfilled in one another. Let's take a few moments now to look back over the past week, sit quietly for a while and inwardly give thanks for those joys and pleasures we have known along the way. Moments of love, friendship, camaraderie, experiences of wonder and delight, reassurance and relief. Bursts of playfulness, spontaneity, generosity, feelings of achievement, creativity and flow, all those times when we felt most alive and awake.
Let us also take some time to ask for the consolation, forgiveness or guidance we may need as we acknowledge our sorrows and regrets. Times of loss, pain, anger and fear. Periods of uncertainty and anxious waiting. Realisation of our own weaknesses, mistakes and failings. Awareness of missed opportunities, those things left unsaid or undone. All those moments when we struggled or felt like a mess. and expanding our circle of concern outward. Let us bring to mind all those people and places and situations that are most in need of our prayers right now. Perhaps friends or loved ones, those who are closest to our heart. Maybe those we find difficult, where there's a conflict of some sort going on. Maybe those we don't know so well or those all around the world that we've only heard about on the news. And let's take a few more moments now to hold them in the light of love. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness, and we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing. I usually pick something quite gentle to go after the prayers, but today it's a fairly lively one, one we haven't sung for a while, The Fire of Commitment. The words will be up on your screen, so you can sing along at home if you like, or just listen if you'd rather, and I'll do my best to make sure you're all kept safely muted. Yeah. 
So as I mentioned at the start of the service, both of our reflections this week from Lizzie and Rachel touch on the theme of commitment. When we held the How to Be a Unitarian course, one of the recurring features was that at the end of each session, I set a bit of homework, which was usually included a, an invitation of some sort to make a pledge or try and do something in relation to that week's theme. So, for example, in the week about understanding the wider Unitarian denomination, I asked people to pledge to do something that would give them a taste of Unitarianism beyond the bounds of their home congregation. So some visited other churches in person or online, others read Unitarian books or articles or signed up to go to the General Assembly annual meetings in Birmingham, which are coming up later on in the month. Or in the session on how congregations are run, I encouraged people to pledge to contribute to take responsibility for some aspect of church life in their home congregation, no matter how small. After the session on doing your own spiritual work, people pledged to read particular spiritual books or attend to spiritual practices to deepen their own personal religious literacy. You get the idea. And in a way, both Lizzie and Rachel's pieces today spring from those pledges and commitments. So first up, we've got a reflection from Lizzie Kingston Harrison. She works as Congregational Connections Lead for our National Umbrella Organisation in the UK, General Assembly of Unitarian and Free Christian Churches, often referred to as the GA for short, or Essex Hall, which is the name of our historic home and the location of our Unitarian head office off the Strand in central London. Lizzie's pre-recorded her thoughts for us today. Perhaps as you listen, it might spark some thoughts of your own about your own spiritual journey and how it interweaves with your Unitarian commitment. Hi, I'm Lizzie Kingston Harrison, and I work as Congregational Connections Lead for the GA. My role involves helping individuals and congregations connect in new ways so they can more easily share ideas and resources and inspiration. I recently completed Jane's How to Be a Unitarian course and I want to share this short reflection to acknowledge the positive impact the course had on me. It was the perfect combination of deep and purposeful thinking, of congruent and respectful sharing of feelings and of joyful, inspiring connection. And more than anything else, I feel I have assimilated Unitarianism more deeply as an identity and as a meaningful way to help me navigate my spiritual life. What I'll take from the course is this profound sense of Unitarians as people who do serious sacred work in community. And I include this to mean our own spiritual development, seeking to find meaning while being held by others who are on their own paths. And I also feel this includes the work of serving others, of developing flourishing and faithful Unitarian communities, and reaching out to love others outside of our congregations. I left with a strong feeling of Unitarianism as a movement that holds and contains us, that it is mature and loving and rooted enough to take care of our vulnerabilities, our questions, our complexities and the big unknowns. It felt like a safe place for us as we change and heal and grow and flourish. And together we can create this uniquely Unitarian space based on love and shared values, 
that helps hold us safe, while also gives us the freedom to be present, to be ourselves, to be on our journey. As a way of fully embracing your own Unitarian journey, I invite you to reflect on the relationship between your own spiritual development, which may feel like an individual or internal growth, and the Unitarian space, which may be nurturing you in ways that are not always easy to spot. Perhaps it's a little bit too easy in our atomized culture to see ourselves as individuals first and community as something optional that we dip in and out of. But for me, during the course, I realized how much of what I see as my personal journey is actually beautifully and subtly bound up with the people around me. Unitarianism has become something that is part of me because of this interaction. And in turn, I now have a deeper, more embodied and participatory sense of unity with my community. Thanks to Lizzie for sharing her thoughts for our service today. We're moving into a time of meditation now, and I'm going to offer just a few prompts for your reflection, which follow on from Lizzie's concluding remarks, inviting us to reflect on the way that our individual spiritual journey is or could be closely and fruitfully bound up with our commitment to this particular spiritual community. These words will be followed by a few minutes of shared stillness, during which we'll have our virtual chalice on screen, and the silence will end with music from Peter. So again, let's each do what we need to do to get comfortable. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to ground and steady yourself or get comfortable in whichever way works for you. You might want to close your eyes again. And as I always say, these words, the images, the music, they're just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. So as we move into this time of meditation, I echo Lizzie's invitation to reflect on the relationship between your own personal spiritual journey and your participation in spiritual community. Take a moment to reflect on the gifts that you've received by engaging in community. The ideas you've encountered. Perhaps you've been inspired to see things in a new way. The people you've connected with perhaps the support and encouragement you felt. The ways in which you've been challenged. Perhaps this has spurred transformation or growth. And take a moment to reflect on the gifts that you've given to others by engaging in community. The listening ear, the helping hand, the insight shared, the meaningful conversation, or simply being there as companion and witness during someone else's time of struggle, or commitment to showing up in community might have a far more reaching impact than you know. So as we move into shared stillness now, 
let us reflect on our spiritual journey in community.
At the last session of How to Be a Unitarian, we were asked to make commitments. And Jane has asked me to share my commitments with you all. Perhaps it's useful to remind ourselves of, of the dictionary definition of commitment. The Oxford Dictionary states that commitment is a promise to do something or to behave in a particular way. A promise to support someone or something. The fact of committing yourself, commitment to somebody or something. And just to show my boat race allegiance, the Cambridge Dictionary states that commitment is a promise or firm decision to do something. And secondly, a willingness to give your time and energy. So what does commitment mean to me and my relationship with Kensington Church? For those who don't know me, I am a virtual attendee arriving during the pandemic. I have never attended in person and realistically living on the south coast do not expect to do so in the future. I was introduced to Unitarianism while meeting with the Quakers in Bexhill. A Quaker friend and I found ourselves going to a heart and soul meeting at Hastings, led by Stephen Crowther. And the very next Sunday, I went to one of their services and was completely captivated. During the pandemic, Stephen sent out services by email. But when he retired, I joined in with the Brighton community, staying with them until after Jeff Jones retired. The reintroduction of in-person services led to Brighton replacing Zoom services, like we're having today, with live streaming on YouTube. This very sadly resulted in me feeling excluded. There was no way for me to join in with proceedings anymore. I relate this so that you realize that I'm a relative newcomer to Unitarianism and very much wish to be on the spiritual journey while also playing a part in your community. I share with you my concerns that I may lose the sense of belonging as more and more of your activities revert to in-person opportunities available only to those who live near enough to undertake the commute. So I represent what could perhaps be a, a new trend of virtual members. I am a regular attendee on Sunday mornings at Friday's Heart and Soul and a keen supporter of the Tuesday coffee gatherings. Already feeling 
that I belong to your community while recognizing the challenges of integrating with members who have enjoyed many years of in-person fellowship and may well find my virtual presence unsettling and even perhaps a trifle unwelcome. Running alongside this period of the in-person and virtual groups of members integrating, the community is in transition. Sarah retired, Jenny left, and a new warden is now in place. And at the moment, we have no indication of the shape and size of the future ministerial team. So as a virtual attendee, it is quite a challenge for us all to see where I fit, especially in this period of change. And I present without knowing the back history of many issues or knowledge of all the work that is undoubtedly going on behind the scenes. Of course, the traditional way of commitment to one's church both the fabric and the stipend of the incumbent is through the giving of money. Some groups seeking a tenth of one's income. It is still easy for us to give a monetary donation, whether either via PayPal or by bank transfer. However, perhaps too easy for virtual attendees not to donate, as they may not have quite the same experience of welcome, participation and belonging that in-person, first-time and casual worshippers enjoy. And of course, we don't have to dodge the collection plate. Just for the record, I have been making a monthly donation for some months. However, I will always miss out on the companionship of in-person fellowship. The atmosphere of actually being with you all and participating in person in your service. But I have been getting to know people when we chat after services at coffee mornings and making deeper connections with other members of the congregation at heart and soul. And I do very much enjoy playing a part in the Zoom services. This is my second service reflection. But I can't chat in person after church or join in the Sunday walks. So now as the church moves towards offering more and more in-person services, I reiterate that I have significant concerns that even with Jane's technical wizardry, I will become an outsider and no longer part of your community. A community that I felt very much a part of during the pandemic. A community relies on all of us giving so perhaps the first step is for the church, for you, 
to work out what the virtual attendees can bring to your community and for us all to reflect on our part in contributing to the church and its thriving as a one united congregation. Surely, post-COVID hybrid and virtual activities give the church an enormous opportunity to gather attendees from far and wide. While this may mean that people can duck in and out without making a long-term commitment to any one community, our Friday Heart and Soul group demonstrates the value of such virtual gatherings and the loyalty and commitment of those who participate. The group consists of Kensington members, both in person and virtual attendees, friends from across Europe and four far-flung corners of the United Kingdom. We attend regularly, so have the privilege of really getting to know each other, building relationships and sharing very personal experiences, joys and concerns. It is a space which we all truly value and surely is at the very heart of religious community. Today, we all face many, many commitments. Commitments to our family, to our friends, and to our jobs. We're facing mounting pressures on our finances, our health, and our well-being. Furthermore, as Unitarians, I guess many of us are involved in many activities but that we also really want and need to be part of the Kensington Church, offering our skills, expertise and enthusiasm to the community and hoping that you may be able to use us, even though members will only know us via the screen. So having reflected on what was asked of all of us at How to Be a Unitarian. Here is my commitment. I have subscribed to the Enquirer. I will continue to donate regularly. I am looking forward to being trained to host the virtual welcome to our hybrid church services and after church coffee though I am somewhat anxious, this is going to be an IT challenge too far. I will attend meetings regularly and very much look forward to getting to know you, to getting to know you more deeply and you me. I do want to be part of your community, traveling alongside you on our respective spiritual journeys and work alongside you to further our ethos. I have learned a great deal from the course on how to be a Unitarian 
and I'm so much looking forward to my onward journey with you all. And in conclusion, I am proud and a little humble to share with you that I am now a member of Kensington Unitarian's Essex Church. Thanks so much for that, Rachel, for your thoughtful reflection today. I should take this opportunity to say that if you're new or newish to the congregation and you'd like to follow Rachel's lead and become a member, this is a very good time to do so. Uh, do get in chat in touch with me for a chat about what that means and how you might go about it. It's a particularly good time to get on board and help shape the future of our congregation as we continue to move through this time of transition. Time for one last hymn. It's a recording of the congregation from a few years back singing A Church is a Living Fellowship, which reminds us that a church is really made of committed people joining in a search for truth and goodness and the bonds of trust, kindness and love between us whatever form our gatherings might take. for a few announcements now thanks again to lizzie and rachel for their reflections to peter for our lovely music and to janine for hosting we'll have virtual coffee time after the service as usual so please stay on and chat if you'd like if that's not your thing as i said earlier you can always drop us an email if you'd like to to say hello or come along to some of our other events during the week uh, if you can bear to hang around we like to take a group photo after the closing music our online program continues we have coffee morning as usual at half 10 on tuesday and there are still spaces left for the heart and soul contemplative spiritual gatherings uh, Sunday and Friday nights at seven o'clock. This week's theme is discernment. Um, if you've never been before, it's still not too late to start. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, and we encourage you to keep in touch and look out for each other. 
Next week, we're having a hybrid gathering for Easter Sunday. You can join us either here on Zoom, as usual, half ten, or over at the church in person. If you're coming in person, we are continuing our policy of wearing masks during the service, and we encourage you to take a lateral flow test before you come, if you can. We'll also ref offer refreshments after the service this time for those who want to stay for coffee and a biscuit. Thanks to Liz and Marianne for offering to help out with that. And after coffee, there'll be another getting to know you walk led by Patricia and David. There'll be more details in next week's email. I think that's everything. So we've just got our closing words and music. I invite you to select gallery view once again at this point so we can get a sense of our gathered community as we close. We inherit the faith and the traditions of those who came this way before us. We inherit the fruits of their struggle, the legacy of their suffering, the achievements of their courage, the bounty of their generosity, the afterglow of their vision. We inherit as a unity the mingling of their diversity. We, the inheritors, give thanks for all we've received, but we who have inherited must also bequeath May our bequest to our successors be all that we have found of joy and compassion, all that we've found to be divine. And may the people of tomorrow be blessed by what we leave them. Because it matters that we come here when we can, not just for what we each may gain, but for what we each may contribute by our presence and participation. So remind us in our heart of hearts that if we want this church to be there for us, then we must be there for our church too. If we want its members to be there for us in our need, then we must be there for them in theirs. And as we extinguish this chalice flame, may we each carry its spirit out into the world with us, taking the gifts of faith wherever we may go as we meet the days to come. Amen.